Hey, what's going on, everybody? You're listening to Seggy Station. Just the man that has a nickname, always a lot to say, with no shame. Monday, April 19, 2021. Hope all is well out there, everybody. Hope everyone's staying safe. Nick Seglin here. You're listening to Seggy Station Podcast. I got some company back coming through today as well. Chew Smats the Stats Kid back here in studio. What's good, Smats? Oh, what's going on, everybody? It's Smats the Stats Kid coming at you on a beautiful Monday today. I am hyped to talk about some good stuff today and looking forward to just dive right into it, my man. Should How you fire, doing? fire, brother. Always good seeing you. Always good seeing you, too. Bro. Glad the weather's finally warming up. Rich yes, should be here. About a month left of the NBA season. Got mm-hmm. some things to get into with him. Should be a fire pot. A lot going on in sports, bro. Always is. Literally wild with all the sports going on right now. I was just talking to somebody at work about it. It was pretty sweet. And uh, is this thing, though, that you told me about the sports talk? And I watch a lot of it. You know me. Mm-hmm. Bro, all they're talking about is the NFL draft. I know, and here's my thing that kind of pissed me off about it. Bro, there's NBA games going on, MLB games going on, EuroLeague soccer, WNBA draft, PGA Tour golf. I mean, the ma- it's yeah. endless, bro. And they're just talking draft, 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 draft. And it's just annoying. I have to. I I'm have like, to, bro, what is the deal? I'm yep. pumped about the draft. Yeah. I don't care about what anyone's saying about it, though. Same. I just want it to happen. Ten exactly. days away, whatever it is. I'll wait for it. Talking about it to me. Like, I'll say, all right, I think this about these quarterbacks, this yep. about that. Saying something the same day after you said it again about that same quarterback, it just gets old, man. Absolutely. Well, Beating I the was, head. It, I don't get it. I had ESPN on this morning when I was eating my breakfast, and... um. You know, it was Get Up was on. I had ES- actually Get Up was on the original channel. I switched to ESPN two to watch Sports Center to get a little bit different because all they were talking about was yeah. Trey Lance. And then all of a sudden nine o'clock, you Get Up get the comes on to ESPN two or whatever. I'm like, oh my god, it's, like, it's wild. End bro. up having to switch it. I, I've been watching like Mets recap games and stuff like that just because I want something different. You know, like there's so many things going on, like you say, and like at least when I watch SNY, they cover all New York sports, so I'm able to see what's going on with the Knicks, what's going on with the Nets, yeah. what's going on in hockey. Baseball, you know, I think it. I think too, it is so. interesting trying to project players. Like mm-hmm. that's basically what you're doing in the draft. Yeah. But basically, you're trying to tell me like they're basically saying, "Oh, I hear this all the time. Zach Wilson might be Aaron Rodgers. Well, he also might be Johnny Manziel. But like they also say it today, could be anything. The way bro. he runs and throws the ball, he's very similar. It's to just Patrick so Mahomes. annoying, like, bro. Yeah, like, what this dude has like, done to start his career, Mahomes, no one has done. So take it with a grain of salt. It's the same thing with prospects in baseball. I get way too hyped with certain ones. I'm like, oh, he's going to be the next Mike Trout. It's like, bro. Mike Trout's don't grow on trees yeah, and stuff. So it's, it's you gotta kind literally of what it is. We'll wait and see where these players go and what they're gonna end up being. Totally, that's it's, about it's the only NFL about draft for sure, talk. But when get. it's just we're gonna wait for it, and when they have yeah. the NFL draft, we'll talk about where oh, people yeah, get we'll, drafted. Oh, absolutely. But we're not gonna be giving there, projections more like than just NFL draft. Completely agree. Right now, it's time for straight talk. Brought to you by Second Straight Talk microphone. Microphone. It's always direct. Time to reflect. As always, appreciate all love and support for the podcast. Follow along on my Instagram or Twitter page at Seggy Station. Also got a live version up on my Twitch stream. It's underscore Seggy underscore G. And still do have the podcast out on Spotify, Podbean, and a few other platforms. Hopefully you get your podcast there. Good to have Chew here. Rich should be here at some point. And that, to me, starting up the pod today was about that. Because I've just been seeing so much sports talk and everything about the draft Mm -hmm. and all this stuff going on when there's a million other things going on in sports. Like I saw the WNBA draft. I watched it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was great. It's much. I realized how much smaller a draft it is because there's less yeah, teams. Yeah, there's less teams. You talk different. about it on the sports center the night before, I the sports center the in the morning, draft. and then nobody like, talks about it again. Well, I, I was wa- actually watching the WNBA draft, and it's awesome because the way it was, just like with the NFL draft and the NBA and stuff where they're not in person, 
and they're doing the uh, the, yeah, a lot different. Yeah, Yeah. like it has been where everyone's live streaming stuff too. But to see the family reactions, the grandma dancing when that one girl got drafted and stuff, it's just so fun. It's you know they deserve their recognition too. I do want to say something about this to start up the pod though, because. Yeah, and I it was uh, Charlie Corlear was the number one overall pick. She's only the third true junior to ever be selected as the number one overall pick in the WNBA draft. They are celebrating their 25th season this year, so I think things that should be talked about in sports yeah. media on Sports Center that's not. I mean, they'll like I said, talk about it on the highlight the night before, and then never really talk about mm-hmm. it again. If you're trying to grow the sport, if you're trying keep to get in quality, let's keep talking about let's it. Let's talk about it. Here's the thing days, that yeah. gets me fired up about sports that never is going to be talked about, but only on my podcast. That's what I do kind of like about my podcast because people are like, oh, what do you talk about on your podcast? Whatever I want to talk about. Whatever me and my friends decide we want to talk about. I get some of the stuff from sports talk, but I'm not platforming off of sports talk. I'm starting starting today with the WNBA and the fact that Paige Beckers could not go pro after one year because of NCAA eligibility rules. Now here's my thing. You're talking about equality in sports. So these you're talking about men's they, and they women's. They can't one and done, but you're, the men can. Exactly. And they might even be able to get drafted out. Of exactly. High let me tell you something. Back. Let me tell you. Let me tell you something that's actually wild. Do you know Jalen Suggs and Paige Beckers are like basically best friends? Best friends. Yeah. They should be boyfriend and girlfriend, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, they have very similar stats. They did very very similar things this year. Um, actually, wait. Time out. Paige Beckers actually has more awards than Jalen Suggs. Yeah. Oh wait. Time out. Uh, Paige Beckers made it to the final four too. Okay. Cool. Uh, Paige Beckers has a bunch of games in which she scored and broke freshman records, not only for UConn, but for women's basketball yep. in all general. Similar to Jalen Suggs, sounds about me. Jalen Suggs is a projected top five pick in this upcoming draft. Yeah. You know how many years he spent in college? One. One. Yeah, Paige Beckers is going to have to wait two or three what, more What is years? the deal with that? Yeah, I like don't that. understand that. Mm-hmm. I genuinely get upset when I see things like this. Yeah. I'm watching, and I, I'm so all in on Charlie Collier, third. True junior to be selected number one overall. I would argue Paige Beckers would have been the number one yeah. overall pick, making her or, what? The first Caitlin freshman? From Iowa, Whatever Caitlin it is. Clark. The women should have the same opportunity Absolutely. as the men in the NCAA, literally mm-hmm. announcing stuff like this and yep. acting like it's not a problem yeah, yeah. In, in sports media, mm-hmm. like bringing it up and be like, oh, Paige Beckers should be able to go, but not really saying anything about it because it's filtered corporate bullshit is annoying. Yeah. It's annoying to me. And I think more of that stuff needs to be talked about. I genuinely do. 100%. I think one thing that um, kind of might... Obviously, there's the rules, so she can't leave after one year or two. But I think there's a little bit more to be said. Because the obviously, the women traditionally stay all four years and then yeah. they go to the WNBA. I think it's almost... I kind of like that in a sense, though. Because like these women get a chance. Like You look at... Um, what was her name? UConn... Uh, Brianna Stewart. First yep. person to win four straight titles sure. and stuff like that. I think it just adds to the legacy and stuff but like let that. Me but just, it's, it's the equality let, factor. It's of it. that, but let they me just let me just way, say this, be because I, I agree with your point. Mm-hmm. We see plenty of men play all four years in college experience and not even go pro, right? It's the choice of the athlete. And what I clearly see with the NCAA is that the women don't have the same choice as the men. No. And we're breeding. In this 2021 society where we're trying to go for equality and everyone have the same rights, you look at the NCAA, one of the biggest collegiate things in the country, just flat out whack disparity when it comes to men's and women's sports. Yep. And it's not talked about. And, and in my opinion, if Paige Beckers, she might not even want to go pro. Maybe she wants to win an NCAA championship before going pro. Totally respect that. I love it. But if she wants to go pro, she should have the opportunity to go pro 
just the same as Jalen Suggs playing one year in college, putting up better stats, better awards, same as Luka Garza, who is a 3-4 year, don't matter. Yep. It's on the choice of the player. Yep. Women don't have the same opportunity and same choice. I don't understand that. I genuinely don't understand that. Like, I wish I had the platform, and I got a few people listening to my pod, where they're like, damn, this that's a pretty good point. Mm-hmm. Why Why is Sports Center not talking about this? Like, we're, we're hearing all this stuff about, you know, equality all around for all people. Yeah. And to me, this is blatant disrespect yep. to women's basketball. Yeah. And I hear Gino Oriema and all the coaches that are talking about the disparity. We saw it with the workout facility. Yeah. And I covered it on my podcast. You know what wasn't really talked about? The disparity at the workout facilities, yeah. which I don't understand. It, it was. They it was fi- talked about, but they, they fixed, fixed it, it and but then it not. Under, and then it gets swept yeah, that, the you it's didn't like, fix it. It's and it's that's not fixing you know it, it was, in my you know opinion. You know what it was, in my opinion? It's it's putting a band-aid on something that needs stitches. It's trying to cover it up, but it really doesn't actually fix the problem. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, oh, we made, made a mistake. Let's go back and fix it. No, you got to be better as an organization. As, you yeah, know, absolutely. The National Collegiate Athletic Association. That's my you point. need to be better in equality. For absolutely. sure. I 100% agree. And when, when you're under investigation as well, mm-hmm. in the Supreme Court, I mind you, yep. for all the things that are going on with that disparity in, in sports, and also getting talked about for name, image, and likeness and payment of players. I mean, to me, I don't know. I don't know what we're. I don't know what we're missing here. Yeah. And to, it's it's an important story for me. Um, that's why I needed to start Absolutely. the pod with that today. I do want to get something in before we dive into sports because there's yeah. something bigger going on in the world than just sports. The Derek Chauvin um, yeah. trial is going on, so I just wanted to bring note of that. That's hopefully. coming up next. I do need to say something yeah, about yeah. that. Because so I said I'm... something about it last pod, mm-hmm. and I saw a report from the NBA. I saw that too. And, and me seeing they're that report, not worst. good. Yeah, no, they're preparing um, for the worst. And we've I seen think this... that's a good thing. I do you know, too, prepare, also... prepare for the worst. But I also would say this. It's um, a problem, though. Because, that's a problem. Well, the problem if they're is, preparing is for the worst, they're, they're then they're assuming they're, that it's going to happen. We've seen so whatever time it is. And time I think again, there's going to be something that, here. There's exactly. it's going to be bad. I mean, and, you look back at you think uh, it's it reminds me honestly of in the '90s, Rodney King, when all that happened, when he got the shit beaten out of him yeah. by cops and almost died, and then they end up, you know, saying not guilty and stuff like that. And yep. Los Angeles went up and I think it's going to be real bad. I think it's going to be bad. It's going to happen again, unfortunately. Yeah, so. and we don't. I don't want to see that. No, but this not, is this is the thing please, that this like, is the thing that bothers me though. Is what do you expect? Like, I know it sounds kind of messed up, but for the fact that that person did that, I don't care who you. Are, and this is my whole thing with status. I had an incident at work with this where people just feel like you have status and you don't have it. And even mm-hmm. as a police officer, like sure you have a certain status. But just because you have that status doesn't mean you can kill people. Here's my thing. The fact that that man died the way he did, everybody saw the way he died, I would argue that anyone in their right mind would look at that situation and say, that man should be punished for what he did to that other individual. The fact that that might not be ruled on that way, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, is a problem. That's a problem. It's, It's disgusting. And so, one, I don't understand why it's taking so long. I guess it was... In court, out of court, back in court, whatever. Due process, yeah. Two, I don't understand why, if the NBA is just making this announcement to assume the worst, that's fine. But I also read a little bit into this where maybe they know something a little bit more about this than we don't know. Which, in my opinion, maybe this guy goes to jail for one or two years. But 
That's a slap on the wrist. That's still people rioting and freaking out, in my opinion. So he might be punished, yep. but not punished to the correct amount. Yep. I think that's going to be also the issue. Yeah. I think that's why the NBA is announcing this. I don't think this guy gets off scot-free. If he did, I don't even it's know gonna, what to say. It's going to be. A, I don't even know what to say. But if he gets a slap on the wrist, which we've seen based on status in not only sports, any other place, it's going to be a problem, man. And I'm, yep. I'm certainly worried for what status and the connection of sports, not sports, bigger issues, not bigger issues. Like, we'll see where this goes. Yep. Sports are not as important as this. This is this like is this is more thing. important. Sports like anybody can come in this and like talk life. sports yeah. and like talk when about. We're talking equality. Yeah, this is where it starts stuff like this. You for need to sure. Actually, yeah, and I think people get that disconnect because mm. people will be like, "Oh, look, man, the people in sports are trying to preach equality, bro." There's a difference They're between sports and quality. They want, you know what I'm saying? Thing, yeah. It's like you can't connect sports and politics and that being in the same thing it's just bullshit to me man they're a human being with an opinion that they're trying to express just because they're an athlete doesn't mean that they shouldn't have their opinion too like i personally think that so many things have gotten messed up between the what the athletes are allowed to do and not do in regards to what we're doing where it's like it doesn't even make sense to me man and i don't know i don't know I'm just literally, I'm genuinely worried because I saw that and the first thing I thought about was, all right, wow, if we're going to have postponement of games and it's going to be as bad as I think it's going to be, how long is it going to take for the NBA to get back going with the playoffs a month away and guys sitting out for a a week? What is that going to do? I mean, this is stuff that people don't really think about until it actually happens and then it's like, all right, and then obviously you don't want to see the stuff that could potentially happen based on this verdict, but... It's basically like I said before. Like, what do you expect, man? Like, what? I I don't I don't know what else to say. It sounds really messed up, but like in my opinion, if he's not getting punished to the full extent, then I I bet some people will be upset with that. There there's no if ands or buts about that. And to me, that's a problem with the court system and with the status thing, where it's like just because you got status, you can get a slap on the wrist. No, nah, man. If I did that to somebody, you know what I get? 25 to life or whatever they call it. Like, that's just what it is. You can't do that regardless of who you are. I think that's where I'm messed up. And I'm just going to leave it at this, and then we can move on after that. But, um, you know, I'm not a police officer. I don't understand what they go through all the time. But my opinion is, no matter the situation, especially something like that where he wasn't threatening you or anything like that, your job is not to kill people. And I understand things happen. There's other situations where it's, you know, you have to protect yourself too. But in situations like that and what we see time and time again is there is a kind of a cultural problem with that yeah and they need to fix it and i just want to leave it at that i hope that the the jurors and everything they go about this the right way and for once in our life really and even before our lives we've been born you know because rodney king that happened before we were even born and stuff for once can we do it right can we yeah. actually try to right our wrongs and make an example of this and then move forward as a unit. Yeah. I, I think a lot of us hope that. And I think that you can hope. Yeah. yeah. But also there's the fear in the back of our minds because we've seen this happen time and time again. So I, I think was it's talking more with my trainer about this today and he asked me what I thought. And I said the same thing to you. I'm hoping for the best, but honestly expecting the worst. Yeah. So. And it's just, that's not it's the tough. way it should be. Nope. And I think that's where we're at having a real issue right now. Uh, with not only sports and all the news stories, but just, with the equality issue, which we've been talking about since we start up this pod. Um, but we've had, you know, really good conversations about it. And I think 
that has to be that has to be a thing. Like yeah. people need to do that, and I just don't see enough of it. I just see if like, oh, you disagree with somebody on something, it's all oh, fuck that person. Cancel. It's like, I don't I don't agree with any of that, man. Like you can disagree with somebody and still be cool. Yeah. It's like I, I've had plenty of instances happen like that in my life. Yep. I don't think you have to disagree with someone and want to kill that person or hate that person or all these horrible things that you hear said about that person. Uh, it's just not, not the right to, way to be. Yep. Um, there is a lot of sports going on, though. I did want to touch on some of the MLB uh, before Rich gets here because I know you're the MLB guy. Whatever you uh, need, I'm let's ready see. to talk about. So I did want to touch on the Mets, obviously, because you're the Mets guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll get, let you give me an update on what's going on with them. I saw and I was messing around with you. I thought it was literally 10 out of 16 games, but it was 7 out of 15. A lot of postponements. Um, Weather being an issue right now in baseball, which is wild. And obviously the issues in the beginning of the year. We talked about it on the pod there, so I don't think we need to go there. Um, But just curious on how that's affecting the start of the season. And I heard a very interesting take from Jeff Passan today on it where I saw the Yankees are off to their worst start since 1997. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're last in the American League, first time since 1968 or something ridiculous. Horrible start for the Yankees. Were they 5-10? and ten? Lost yep. five straight games. This is my whole thing with baseball. Jeff Passan's like, man, I just, the first 15 games, I wish I didn't have to talk about anything because all I have to say is it, be calm down. It's a short sample size. Yep. They can turn like it around. I've been saying in 97, yeah. that year, the last worst start for the Yankees, they had 96 wins. They yep. were able to turn it around. Because it's such a long season. Exactly. If you have 10 or 15 games in the middle of the season where you have a bad stretch, it's the same thing because of how many games there are. So in that regard, I will give you that baseball is unique because of how many games you can they turn do it play around, yeah. because of the opportunities you have going forward. But I'd also say it makes those 10 or 15 games that everyone's freaking out about right now. Yeah. Oh my God, the Yankees, we're starting since 97. Oh, what are they going to do? Dude. Let's be chill. They played 15 games out of 162. I guarantee you the Yankees aren't going to be in last place in the AL. Mm. I don't know if they're going to turn around and win the division because uh, I don't want to see that. I could I could care less the Yankees doing well, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I would not be surprised. Yeah. I mean, it could Just happen. curious on the start of the Mets and how you think them postponing games kind of just impacts, hey, man, they could have a better record if we weren't postponing games and messing up the schedule and doing well, all this stuff. Well, let's get into it, because obviously the Mets, they missed their whole first season or series. They're going to have to make that up. They've had a bunch of postponements. They have an off day today, which is kind of funny. They play again tomorrow, but they're actually in first place right now um, uh, for the yeah. NL East. They're playing very well. They've turned it around a little bit. They're still not hitting very well with runners in scoring position, but Francisco Lindor said it best. They asked him how weird the start of the season has been, and he said, really, it feels kind of like spring training all over again because, you know, you play one day, you sit a day. You play a day or you play two days in a row, you sit two days in a row, stuff like that. So it's they haven't really gotten into the swing of things yet, and obviously it's because, you know, they got snowed out in Colorado. There was yep. rain in the Northeast uh, last week and stuff like that. Yeah. They got the whole first series postponed, but... You know, it's starting to click. Hopefully, as the weather gets better, more things will happen. I did see that the Minnesota Twins have a little bit of a COVID flare-up right now, but they should be back Tuesday, so tomorrow. Uh, They missed a couple games. I know they missed today, yesterday. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully, everyone's healthy there. But like you said, it's a long season. It does have me laughing because, like, yes, the Yankees have started off slow and stuff, but, I mean, you see I'm wearing my Mets hat. I'm wearing my Mets shirt. Obviously, I'm hyped up, but, man, it, it just goes to show that some of these fan bases could not actually stick it like with their teams and stuff. You have the Yankees fans getting so upset and all this. Oh, we're so yep. bad. Like you make the playoffs almost every single year. You're always competitive. Like 
when's the last time you actually finished with a sub 500 record? Like, True. It's one of those things. And I, same thing with like Boston fans and stuff too. Past few years have been a little tough and I get it. It's going on a little longer now, but yep. it's also like you won four rings in like a 15 year period. Sure. So it's one of those things. Like obviously the Mets, we haven't won since 86. I've seen a lot of horrible seasons. I've seen some very good seasons that didn't end up the way we wanted, yeah. but it's one of those things. And I mean, that's what I am as a fan. It's I ride with them for the ups and lows. So it's, um, it's tough. And like you said, though, the Yankees, they could easily, you know, reel off eight games in a row and they're back into it. So Yeah, for sure. I think that is what that's kind of the thing that just throws me off with baseball, man. Because like like everyone's talking about how the Yankees are struggling right now. Worst team. And like you said, they could win two series in a row, they're sweep them in their back. Of the way through the season. Yeah, it's just yeah. like that's my whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad the Mets are starting off. Yep. In uh, first they finally time. got to Grama win the other day. Yeah, I got I a great that. stat for you. So. Yep. So he was dominating. Um, he ended up allowing three runs, but none of them were earned because of errors. Uh, so his ERA is a 0.45 right now, leading baseball. But, you know, everyone expected that probably. I know I did. Um, but for only the third time in his career, his career started in 2014, Seggy. It hasn't happened. It's happened three times, two times in 2015 when they made the World Series because they kind of had a team that rallied, similar to what I've been seeing from this team so far. But yep. Only the third time in his career... He's left a game with a law lo- uh, down, so he was in line to get the loss, and they actually battled back and won for him. This dude has made almost 190 career starts, and only three times have they picked him up. It's just a ridiculous stat. Um, he's got 28 Ks in his last two games, 14 Ks each game, which is crazy. He tied, he almost tied the record, the MLB record, the other day, of set by a former Met, Tom Seaver. Um, the late great Tom Seaver struck out 10 straight Padres in 1970 um, to set the MLB record, and it still stands. DeGrom got nine straight and then ended up giving a single or um, giving up a ground ball that McNeil got the error on and then the run scored or whatnot. Yeah. Just incredible. This dude has had three different games. He started off a game where he struck out eight straight Marlins to start the game, which is tied for the MLB record. He had another game where he had eight straight strikeouts, and then he went out and got nine straight strikeouts the other day. So it's incredible. I'm just happy to see that they got him a win. And hopefully they can keep it up. And then yesterday's game, I just want to get this in because the Mets have always had historically pretty bad defense, especially since I've been a fan. Yeah. We got Francisco Lindor up the middle, who's a gold glove, platinum glove uh, shortstop. We also got James McCann. His nickname is James McCannon. And he proved that last night because Trevor Story tried to steal second, <laughs> the tying run to second. He hosed him. Lindor had a beautiful swipe tag for the, the final out of the game, and they were both going nuts. It's just... Uh, I'm seeing a team with good defense because I haven't seen that in my whole time as a Met fan. It's just beautiful to see, and I love it. So yeah. hopefully, you know, like we said, long season to go. Uh, hopefully they can stay hot, keep winning some games, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, man, I'm happy the Mets are at least not in last like the Yankees. So yeah, right? and get on good. the Yankees uh, fans for that. Uh, we'll see if the Yankees can turn it around. Um, you know, for my thing on baseball, which – I didn't want to say this. I, you know, I was big on the Padres, and I've been hearing a lot of good stuff about the Padres. And yep. Tatis not having a season-ending injury is obviously huge, but we'll see. We'll see um, if he's able to continue and play out the season without having surgery, without missing significant amount of time, because that would be huge for the Padres that are right there. Uh, but I believe, and I've heard a lot of whack things from this man, Colin Coward, today. I got to get into it. I'm waiting for Rich uh, to get into the topic that I heard from him today. But I did hear him say this that I do slightly agree with. Um, and I just was curious to get your take on this. Are the Dodgers not the best baseball team? And I kind of told you this, like, 
we've ever seen since like the Yankees. And I think he was talking about the nineties. Uh, I mean, you would know better than me, like the really good baseball teams. If you were to go like baseball team all time, top to bottom, I'm talking the whole roster of the, the squad. Like is the Dodgers not at least up on that list with what I see from Mookie Betts making an unreal diving catch the other night. And I'm not even a baseball guy. And I'm like, Holy shit. To end the game, too. When I'm watching Trevor Bauer throw a strikeout and bump his shit. I like that. That, I'm cool about that with baseball. Yeah, I'm hyped hyped about that. Yeah, like like I just said before. I think the Dodgers are untouchable. Um, They won the World Series last year. Is that not right? Yeah. I, I would be stunned if they can't win a World Series this year. Yeah, I would literally be stunned. Heavy favorite with the way their season. Here's started. my thing. Yep. Heavy heavy favorite. You're agreeing with me. You're a Mets guy. I'm not saying you're not rooting for the Mets to win the World Series, but is that not bad for your sport? Um, when you got a team that you're just like, oh man, it's gonna it's gonna win, no doubt about it. I think you see it in the NBA with the Nets. They're saying, oh, man, no doubt about it coming out of the East. I don't think that's the case, though. Yep. Is that something that kind of goes in with the Dodgers? Like, are they just getting the hype because we're giving them the hype? Or is that actually going to be a thing and it's going to be like, all right, if they actually don't win a World Series, this is is literally a bust. Like, yeah. So – I guess it provides intrigue, and if they They're don't, we can, the at least, we can at least talk shit about though, them. Yeah. But uh... So the way I look at it, honestly, like you mentioned the Nets. I also think of the Chiefs. Everyone was expecting the Chiefs. I was expecting them to win. Yeah, but um, they didn't. Like that. But they didn't, exactly. Yep. So you, that's why you play the game, sure. exactly. And like they can have a dominant regular season, sure. but when playoffs come, you run into a buzzsaw. Yep. Teams like, let's say they match up with the Mets. Or a hot team. The Mets yeah, are I get hot that. I get that. Like sure. in 2015, anything can happen. So I think back... Um, uh, 2018, the Astros had the best offense in MLB history and also had one of the best pitching staffs that year, too. Yeah. And then they ran into a buzzsaw in the Washington Nationals, and they, it became one of the best World Series um, in recent memory. So anything can happen. Obviously, they're the heavy favorite right now. They're playing great, but, um, you know, that's why you play the games. We need to see them win back-to-back first to start throwing them in there with those teams. I mean, the win record is 116 wins set by the uh, Seattle Mariners in 2001. I think the Yankees might have tied it one of their years. They won a ring, maybe 1999 or something like that. Um, and then you look back through history, I mean, you had those dominant Reds teams who won two rings in the 70s and played in a couple more World Series. You had the Oakland A's three-peat from 1971 through 74 or 72 through 74 so yeah you have to wait and see what happens but obviously they're the heavy favorite to start right now uh that team from top to bottom you have unbelievable defense you have unbelievable hitting great starting pitching uh a beastly bullpen they have everything in line right now you have a very good manager in dave roberts so yes it is world series or bust but like i said they have to play the games we have to see how it goes we're a tenth of the way through the season so you know, they're going to be in the playoffs. They're going to be probably making a push towards that win record because they're so good. And, you know, some of the teams in the bottom half of their division aren't very good, so they'll be able to stockpile dubs. Yep. But we'll have to see what happens. And I'm, I am looking forward to it because, obviously, I don't want to I want to see, you know, the Mets do well and, you know, other teams. The Dodgers have been in the playoffs in the World Series a bunch recently. I'd like to see other teams make it. But if they do and they dominate like they did or like the Red Sox dominated in 2018 and won, it's – once the dust settles a little bit, be like, all right, I respect that team. And, yeah, now we got to start talking about them up there for some of the best teams in uh, baseball history. And then, oh, I just got to throw out 1927-28 Yankees murderers row with uh, – you had Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, a couple of other names.
Yep. Shout out Jackie Robinson Day that happened this past week. Also, your birthday that happened this past week, which I and Baby Mav was born. So a lot of great things. Mm -hmm. A lot of great things uh, going on this week for my boy Smats on the podcast. So definitely had to shout that out. Yes, sir. Was gonna take a quick break. Got some reads to get into. Rich should be here right around seven to eight minutes from now, and I got some NBA to yell at him about. A couple other funny topics to get into, and then we'll wrap it up for the day. Be right back on the Seggy Station. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Seggy Station is brought to you by Callie's Love. A man's best friend is his dog. Shut the rest, come out to many, but a life-saving pain to me. To me, nothing promotes true home, happiness, and a household. Better than love and companion of a pet. Especially at a time like this. Get yourself a little pet friend like mine. It's your local animal shelter, pound, and nursery. Save their life and they just might save yours. Now it's time for your Sports Center update. This song is fire. Vancouver Canucks, they planned their restart game on Friday. It was postponed because it was, quote, too dangerous. Uh, three weeks of continuous virus protocol. They were expected to get going on Sunday and are expected to play 19 games in 29 days to conclude their season. Aaron Donald's attorney says there is video evidence recruiting assault claim turned out to be the case. Aaron Donald was actually like saving one of his boys um, and he definitely didn't punch the guy in the face. So I think it's funny how somebody can say you did something even though you didn't do it and people are going to believe it. It's kind of a tough world nowadays. Tom Brady says his knee is recovering well after surgery. I saw 47-year-old Stuart Sink, 19-under, beats Harold Varner the third by four strokes for his eighth career PGA Tour victory. It's his third win at the RBC Heritage, and he joins Bryson DeChambeau as the only two players to win twice on the tour this season. Saw Lydia Ko capture the lot championship on the LPGA Tour by seven strokes. She ended a 1,084-day drought without a victory. We saw Spieth end a 1,351-day drought. His victory at the Valero previous to Matsuyama ending a 1,344-day drought at the Masters. Golf is fire. Jabari Parker has agreed to a deal with the Boston Celtics. Celtics are really turning around 8-1 in April. Five seed in the East. Duke's got to be pumped about that. Bears are signing former wide receiver of the 49ers, Marquise Goodwin, to a one-year deal. Recruiting restrictions ending as the NCAA announces all Division I sports to return to their regular recruiting calendars beginning on June 1st. I saw Alex Smith officially announce his retirement after 16 seasons in the NFL today. Shout out to his incredible comeback and comeback player of the year after almost dying. PGA Tour sends a memo strongly encouraging players and caddy to get the COVID-19 vaccine. And finally, I saw this, Chew. Number one high school recruit in 2021, Chet Holmgren. You hear of him? Mm -hmm. He commits to Gonzaga. Okay. Plus 800 to win the title in April are the Bulldogs after losing the national championship this past season. I'm pretty sure you all remember that madness. Madness was fire this year. Tune back in. Nick Segling here. Segling Station Podcast. Pretty fire on the reads right there. Absolutely. Uh, look forward to getting some of this combo in with Rich Hot Take Slutty here in a minute. And Smats is still here. Should be good. All right, we're, yeah, Rich should be here in a minute. We're going to cover some NBA for sure. I got a lot to get to in the NBA with Rich, but I do want to cover some of the WNBA because it's not talked about enough. It really is not. Um, 
Quick shout out to Dee Dee Richards. So she was on, uh, yeah, she was on Baylor. You remember she? They would have won that game if she didn't go out of that game. Yeah. Uh, but did you also realize that earlier in the year she got into a contact injury with one of her teammates and she was actually paralyzed? Like she couldn't even walk, bro. No, I. I she like I saw a video. I saw a video of her, like literally unable to walk. She couldn't walk and move her legs, and she got drafted number seventeen uh, in the WNBA draft. Uh, not talked you. about. Uh, just it's it's just not talked about. Dallas Wings keeping Charlie Courier or Charlie Courier there, as I mentioned. Uh, she was the number one overall pick. Ari McDonald, number three to the Atlanta Dream. Um, you know we saw her as a real breakout player in the tournament this year. Um, I think it's crazy how you don't see any of the first year players because of the rule in the NCAA, mm-hmm. and I'll yeah, it's continue all to announce that. But I did think, and just looking at the draft, which I have all the picks here, it is kind of wild because, you know, they got 12 teams. So it's a much shorter draft, bro. There's only three rounds. Uh, you had Dallas Wings. They had two of the top five picks. Uh, they also got Chelsea Dungey out of Arkansas. So real fire stuff in the WNBA. A lot of fire stuff in the NBA. Rich is here. What's good, Rich? What's good, boys? How we doing? Hey, good look who's here. Good. It's Matt's. What up, Brother Beans? Smats came out from came out from the MLB the Show dungeon. How we doing? How is it going Good. so far? It's going it's going real well. You ranked yet? Uh, no, I, not yet. I've been doing um trying to not bankrupt myself and doing a no money spent this year. So it's a lot of offline grinding, which has been fun. Um, gotcha. Yeah, he and doesn't want to be in the party Mondays with us, bro. are podcast days, so he I doesn't want to be in the party in, with so. us, bro. Very upsetting. I. The reason actually is because I'm in a Discord right now with my buddy Sean because he got it for the Xbox because it's now on PlayStation and Xbox. So I'm just in a Discord. I could add you guys to that if you want. I'm just it's messing just hard. I'm just messing yeah. with you. Uh, I'll be I'll be playing hopefully soon. My guys, I'm about to drop money into my guy. My credit card just cleared. I'm getting pissed off. All right, Rich. Uh, so. Here's my thing. I got a lot to get to in the NBA. Glad you made it today. Uh, I don't even know where to start. I got my Kevin Seven jersey on because I think he's got the injury bug. But I do need to start with this. I think um, this man is this man actually pisses me off. This is disrespectful. Um, I don't know if you saw this, Rich. I saw it this morning. Him saying yeah. that Russell Westbrook is not one of his top five teammates and he's tripping. Yeah, no shit, you're tripping. Uh, I am so sick of people not putting respect on Russell Westbrook's name. Let me tell you how I feel about this, Rich. If I is my podcast any good? Like, do I have to have do I have to have a platform that got some a hundred thousand views for it to be good? No, I don't think that's the case. It, similar to if Russell Westbrook doesn't win a championship, doesn't mean he's not a good player. Do I have to win a golf tournament to be a good golfer? No, that's not the case. I think I'm a great golfer. Why why ever win a golf tournament? I hope so. But if I don't, does that mean I'm not a good golfer? No. People constantly slandering Russell Westbrook just because he's never won a ring is is bonkers to me. This man might average a triple-double, probably going to average a triple-double, let me correct myself, for four seasons. Four seasons, he's averaging 22, 11, and 11 right now. He's not even on that 10-10. He's above it by a second. And let me also say, he's the only player to have 25 triple-doubles in four different seasons. This man does stuff that no other player does. But everyone says, oh, he's not a good teammate. Oh, he's not a he's not a great NBA. He's not elite. He's not all-time player. I don't want to hear that, bro. He's He, in my opinion, is one of the best players in the NBA. And if he doesn't win a ring in his career, he will go down on a list 
with Charles Barkley. I'm thinking of a few others, maybe. Of guys that didn't win a championship that should have won a championship, in my opinion. Russell Westbrook will be on that list. I'm heated with Durant. I mean, I like Durant and all, but, like, that's not even cool, bro. Like, how are you going to have Serge Ibaka? How are you going to have Kyrie, who you have been a teammate with for five minutes? Bro, I don't want to hear that. Go ahead, Rich. Go ahead. All right. Well, I'll start off by saying Kyrie and James Harden, we can't argue with. You can say they're not top five teammates, but he's always going to list the two best players he plays with right now. So that's just a lock. You're not going to piss off the dudes you're playing with. You could say they're not, but, like, they're going to get listed every time. So I'm not going to argue those. Fine. Steph Curry would be ridiculous to argue, so not going to argue that. Yep. You, you could argue, you could argue too, absolutely Serge Ibaka. You could maybe argue Clay Thompson. So I agree with you overall, but I like to take the devil's advocate side, and I'll do the one hole on the other side. I agree with you overall, but I will do the one hole on the other side. Is It's best teammate. It wasn't best player. So we can't tell Kevin Durant who the best teammate he's played with is. If it was the best player, we could be like, bro, you're wrong. Serge Ibaka is not better than Russell Westbrook. Best teammate could be anything. I've seen a lot of people call Ennis Cantor their best teammate who's played on his team. Everyone who's played with Ennis Cantor, Carmelo Anthony, bunch of dudes, bunch of dudes on um, the Celtics, bunch of dudes on the Trailblazers. Ennis Cantor is my favorite teammate. So that just goes to show, like, you don't have to be the best to be someone's favorite teammate. And KD and Russ did have their differences. So if he if he had clarified by saying, like, look, Russ is – Russ is absolutely a top five player, but in terms of like the guys like I gelled with the best being on their team, it was Ibaka. I could have been like, all right, word, that's totally understandable. I can't tell Kevin Durant who his best teammate is. Where I don't give him that is he didn't do that. He then went, did you see the rest of the interview? Oh, yeah, I saw it. They called him out on it, and then he goes, oh, yeah, my bad. I forgot Russ. Actually, Russ is in there. It's like, bro, you didn't remember Serge Ibaka and forget Russell Westbrook existed. Like, that didn't just happen. Trust me. You're not convincing anyone that happened. So – I would have given him the benefit of the doubt if he just went like, nah, Russ is great, but like in terms of like guys I gelled with, best teammates, like I love Russ, but like nah, that that wasn't it. I would have been been like, word, yeah, I can't argue with that. But the fact that he was then like, oh yeah, actually, oh yeah, good call. Totally agree. It's like, dude, what did you totally agree? Totally agree. Forget him. (laughs) Yeah, um, my my opinion on it is obviously, I mean, he's only played seven games with Kyrie, but Kyrie's an unbelievable talent, and like you said, your active teammates between him and Harden. You could even take Harden when he was in OKC that last year. Six man of the year was great for them. Um, but it's just, you could tell, he knew what he was doing when he went into that because he took about 10 seconds to say Serge Ibaka. And then when the guys were starting giving him some body, you could just see he knew what he was doing when he said that. I just think it was a little bit, if he phrased it the way you did, it would be viewed differently. But it was kind of just a slap in the face for a Hall of Fame. Kevin Durant is a professional troll. He mm-hmm. knew exactly what he was doing. That man lives for trolling people, being yep. on Twitter, just being a <laughs> fucking test. Like he, yeah. he a hundred percent knew what he was doing. I agree with you. Like if you're ranking the best players, he's wrong. Like Russell Westbrook is. Like okay, said, and that's fine, and I and I hear you out on that, but I'd also argue this, bro. T- best team. I hear a lot of people talking about uh, Bradley Beal saying, "Oh, t- Russell Westbrook's one of the best teammates I ever had." Oh, because right, they're right. currently on his team. Like that's a lot of bullshit with that whole KD thing saying, "Oh, because they're currently on my team." Also, I'd say this: Kevin Durant was up three one with Russell Westbrook having a chance to go to the finals and wasn't able to get it done. So. Don't sit here and act like you weren't able to do great things with Russell Westbrook when you were with him, as if. You've done great things with all these other guys. Because I do want to get into this, Rich. Obviously, they're going at it this year. Obviously, you saw Kevin Durant go down with yet another injury. Thigh contusion now. I feel like they got these guys in bubble wrap. Fucking Harden, KD, 
Keep them in bubble wrap. Oh, we'll make it to the playoffs. We'll be fine. We got oh, enough whoa, talent to whoa, get through the East. Whoa, whoa. I'm not seeing that. I'm not Are seeing that at all. <laughs> I think you're going to have a problem when it comes to the Nets not having continuity when it comes to playing some playoff basketball. And I believe with what I saw of the NBA basically saying, hey, I don't know what's going on with this trial. We might have postponements again with injuries over the last few weeks, with trying to get in games before the end of the season. How many games do you think they're actually going to play together? I don't think they're going to play any games until the playoffs together, KD, Kyrie, and James Harden. If that's the case, do you expect them to just run through the East? I don't. I personally don't expect that at all. And I think there's a problem in Brooklyn when it comes to, oh, man, we're just going to run through the East. Nah, I'm not seeing that. What do you boys see? Uh, I just want to get in here real quick. With that, I feel like when you have three unbelievable talents like that, they played together, whether it's pickup stuff and, you know, Harden and Durant together, you know, KD and um, yep. Kyrie, they've each, they've gotten seven games together. When you have that type of talent, I think early on in the playoffs, they'll be able, they'll be okay. They'll be fine. Maybe they don't sweep every time or whatnot, but um, I feel like they're going to, they're going to be okay. Once you get later on into the playoffs and you're starting to play these teams with great chemistry and great players and stuff like that, it could be tough. See how they met. They work together when they're not playing well, not hitting their shots. It's going to be interesting, but I, I don't know. I still see them as such a good team in the East. They're going to be putting up a fight. So. I mean, I hear you in that regard. I would say in that regard, offensively, they will be. Offensively, I yeah. think there's some question marks surrounding them defensively oh, yeah, with all of them on the floor. Yeah. And I think if you're looking to just outscore everybody, come playoff time, that could be an issue when you don't have continuity. Maybe they have some of it offensively, defense. I think there's just I might I just think it's it's crazy for people to be like oh yeah man uh, I don't I don't think anybody could beat the Nets the Nets are the Nets are a lock to make the finals the Nets are a lock to potentially beat the like I just don't see that man there's been a lot of people saying that this entire time we'll have to see so, if they can all get there go ahead Rich I, so I disagree with that I don't hear people saying lock I hear people saying favorites like if someone's saying lock like you're wrong you can't say a team's a lock to make the finals that hasn't played together but I don't think it's crazy to say favorites like so, who would your favorites for the Eastern Conference Finals, or your favorite to represent the East in the finals? I already right told. I already told you. I think, I think I have the Sixers and the Bucks able to beat and and be in there over the Nets. I, I do. I think. I think there's a possibility. Okay. I do have more question marks surrounding the Bucks come playoff time. I'm going to stay consistent, but I do think the the Sixers have a great chance to represent the East over the Brooklyn Nets. Yes, go ahead, Rich. That's fair. Um. I mean, I'm not going to argue that they've all they've all looked good this year. I don't think I have a I don't think I could make a strong argument for like you said, like the Nets being a lock. I think I could make a strong argument for the Nets being favorites. And the downside of that argument that helps out you a little bit is none of that argument would be about good things the Nets have done together. It would about good th- be about good things we expect them to do and bad things we've seen from Ben Simmons, Giannis, and those teams in the playoffs in the past. So I think it's fair to call them favorites. The one thing I will say to go back on it. I don't think it's fair to say James Harden's like wrapped in bubble. Dude's played all but five games in all of the last eight years of his career. Like that's like unheard of. Dude's like been an Iron Man the last few years and just had a freak uh, hammy injury. But I, I, I agree with what Chewy said for the most part. Like I don't, I don't think they're locks to represent the Eats. But if I had to pick a team right now, assuming health, which is a huge thing because they haven't been healthy. Assuming health is a huge thing. I just can't predict them to keep. I'm not going to predict them to keep being injured, but if we start the playoffs with all of them healthy, 
I think they're going to be my pick to represent the East, not win the title. We'll have to see what happens with the Lakers. But it's like Chu said, when you have three players where the third best option might be better than the first scoring option on the other team, and that's going to be the case in a lot of series. Like, who's who's the better scoring? Kyrie Irving's the, the third best scoring option, or the third best option in general on the Nets to me. I don't see a guy on the Bucks who's better at putting the ball in the hoop than Kyrie Irving. And that stuff matters to me. Like, I agree, Giannis is the better player, but that stuff matters. When you have three dudes, when the third worst guy at putting the ball in the hoop would be the first best guy at that on some of the other teams you're playing in the Sixers or the Bucks, you could debate Embiid or Kyrie. Who's Go ahead. I just think you're discounting. But... I just think you're discounting the defensive side of the ball. I Go ahead. I was going to say, uh, with everything Rich said, I agree. But as you said with the defense, too, in order for them to win, they need those three guys to be balling out for the whole playoff run because sure. their defense is a little suspect. Yep. So it, that's, rebut- that's their formula to, to win, in sure. my opinion. Yeah, exactly. It, but I'm just saying, if you have a couple games where you're not shooting well, I would argue the Heat could n- take off the Nets. I would argue the Heat have a chance to take off the Nets. I think they have a a great chance to do that. I think there are. I was telling my brother the other day, and and I'm saying I think we'll talk about this in here in a second. If the Nets and Knicks matched up, I don't think the Nets would sweep the Knicks. I think the Knicks could get a game or two easily. The Knicks are on a six-game winning streak right now, first time in seven years. I I think it's you sleep on some of these other teams that. They're not just going to sweep through series like the Lakers. I think they could lose a game or two in any series, maybe get through it. It's not going to be the same for a team that we talk about as the Lakers' favorites to represent the West. I just think they might have a tougher time with some of these teams than people are going to give credit for. That's all I'm saying. Real real quick, though, before we go, I think people often confuse – I'm not saying you guys. I'm just saying people in general often confuse, like, the playoffs slowing down and defense is ramping up is, like, the defensive teams are the ones that benefit, and it's exactly the opposite. The offensive teams are the ones that benefit. When defense is locked down, a team that has three guys that can go get themselves a bucket are the team that's going to excel more so than the team that's like, oh, I could clamp down because every team's going to be clamped down more. Of course, the Brooklyn Nets can't be like, all right, let's just turn it on now, guys. They'll get a little bit better, but they can't just turn on their defense. So I usually just side with the team where it's like, hey, when defense is at their peak, who's the guy that's like, I can beat you one-on-one. And if you double me, I have two other guys that I'm going to find right now. So I just, I don't think your, your argument is it wild. Is it wild that I think the Hawks can give the, the Nets a series? Like, I think Clint Capella yeah, is a problem. Wild. I think Trey Young can score the basketball. I know you think he's a defensive liability, but so is those guys that I'm talking about. I think Bogdanovich, Gallinari are better depth than what the Nets have. I think you can see a series with the Hawks between the Nets. Is that a wild take? I mean, I uh, think the Nets... I say I say yes, but I don't think the Heat one's a wild take. I just don't like... Here's my hot take for you. If the Hawks match up with any of the Heat, Nets, Sixers, Celtics, any of like the good teams in the East, not counting like the Knicks or like the Hornets or something like that, they're winning one game tops. I don't think they're even getting two games on any of those teams. I think the Hawks are going to get torched in the playoffs. Trey Young is going to be an absolute liability and get picked apart on defense. All right. Uh, yeah, that's, only- that's my take. I could be wrong, but that's that's my take. Well, judging from experience a few years ago, he did have a great game in the first round against URI, but he did get absolutely locked up at one point by a man named Fats Russell, <laughs> who's going to Maryland next year for his fifth year with the extra year of eligibility. That's wild. And, he um, announced Maryland? That's fine. Yeah, he's going to Maryland. That's and then, sick. I did see, like what you said, he was a defensive liability in that game. and So I know it's years ago, it's the NBA compared to that. 
It's a nice little X factor. Yeah, you know, you know, what I think's a defensive liability in the NBA right now. Zion Williamson. Uh, you know yes. where the Pelicans are at? Not in the fucking playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, Hawks are at least in the playoffs. I think the I think the Hawks have a better team. People give them credit for. I think Nate McMillan's uh, in there for coach of the year. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how it shakes out. Rich, I can't believe you're gonna come on the pod though, and and during that segment there, basically say that you're calling the Knicks uh, not a real team. Um, I think yeah. I think I think you need to give me a little credit here, Rich. I think I saw people basically saying that. They were wrong about what they saw, thought they were going to see from the Knicks, especially after this somewhat hot start we didn't expect. Could they keep it going over this last second half of the season, staying up in the playoffs? Let me just tell you, Rich, six-game win streak. They are, I think, I have a couple crazier other stats on it. It was Julius Randle. I mean, he 100% most improved player of the year. I, I can't even think of another player in the NBA. Dude's dropping 44. Uh, R.J. Barrett. Looking like a real deal out there for you. Um, I mean, you're winning. You're beating good teams. You're Knicks are beating good teams. Let me just tell you, I got something to tell you. Because you know that I was a Knicks fan at some point prior to really getting into the NBA and kind of getting away from the Knicks suck as an organization. Why am I supporting this team? I got to tell you, man. I ordered a Knicks head cover. I got a Knicks. I got a Knicks band oiler coming. Which, by the way, that's not even how you say it, but that's the only way I know how to pronounce it. Look it up. I'm slightly leaning towards supporting the Knicks. I saw Zion talking about his favorite place to play besides the Pelicans Arena is Madison Square Garden. A lot of people now rumoring, oh, man, can Zion get to the Knicks? We talked about them building a culture to be able to bring in some free agents. I believe they've done so. I believe the Knicks will be able to attract a free agency come this offseason where they can be consistently competing in the Eastern Conference as a playoff team and making good, solid runs in the playoffs. I think the Knicks are legit, bro. I do think the Knicks are legit. I think I deserve a little credit on the Knicks being legit. And I do think the Knicks will make the playoffs, not in the play-in, and be able to compete in whatever series they're in, which is something, starting this season, I didn't think you would be able to look at me without laughing to say. So I deserve at least a little credit. Knicks are fire right now, bro. Knicks are fire. Let's go. All all I got to say about the New York Knickerbockers is the king of New York for basketball plays at Madison Square Garden. Real New Yorkers don't give a fuck about the Brooklyn Nets. They care. They would rather see the Knicks be a few games over 500 and playing well than these yeah. Nets. So Agreed. Julius Randle, king of New York. He's, dude, he's legit right now. He's, I love Julius Randle. But let me, go ahead, Rich. Respond on the Knicks because then I got to blast something. I'll give credit in. for being high on the Knicks, but I'm, you can't blame any Knicks fan because we've seen this a million times. Even the press conference that Tom Thibodeau gave was like a every press conference. It's been like a running joke on Knicks Reddit that every new Knicks head coach gives every single time um, is like exactly the same. Like this it, franchise has a rich history. I want to re- just restore it to playing hard. And it's just like Knicks fans just feel like here we fucking go again. So like I can't blame myself, any Knicks fan for not being overly optimistic because like Frankly, you couldn't have seen this leap from Julius Randle coming unless you were just saying like, "Hey, he's been in the gym a lot. I think he's going to be better this year." There was nothing. You didn't see. Like, you didn't see Julius Randle able to put up 44, 10, and seven with six threes, sixteen to twenty nine field goals. He was the no. first Nick with a 40, 10, five game since Bernard King in nineteen eighty five. You didn't you see that told, coming. If you had told me last year Julius Randle did that, I would have been like, "Oh, so the Knicks were down forty and only had seven guys active that game." <laughs> Um, but no, Julius Randle has been absolutely incredible this year. 
my only reason, like, I'm not trying to knock the Knicks. I love the Knicks, and I, I, I'll clarify. I will say I think they could be in any series against any team in the league, which is, like, incredible to yep. say because, like, they sh- that was never a thing in the past. Yep. But in any series to me, or in, I guess I should clarify, in any game, I don't see them, like, being super competitive taking a series to seven, and it really goes back to what we were just saying. When you watch the Knicks, like, I watch almost every Knicks game. I love watching the Knicks game. The problem is their defense is so good. And as great as Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett has been, when Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett are your number one options, that's that's at times a little less than other teams' number one options. So the Knicks go through these stretches where they're they're a bottom 23 offense in the league. They go, go through these stretches where they can't score for a little bit, and their defense makes up for it, which is great. But when the other team's defense locks down even more in the playoffs, it, that's the part that's a little scary to me. When I think about the Knicks going against – even teams like the Celtics, where their defense might not be as good this year as it's been in past year, or even worse, going against the Bucks or the 76ers, where they're locked in on defense, the Knicks are going to have some ugly stretches in the playoffs. Yeah, true. So I, it depends on ma- it, 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 it depends on matchups for sure for this it, season. It but I'm more talking about going forward. I think you could be pumped as a Knicks fan uh, with what we saw out of them this year and what they could do now offseason-wise and going forward with an organization that was in the slumps for a minute. Uh, that's something Absolutely. to be proud of. If they, uh, if they somehow matched up with, like, the Hawks, I would be all over Knicks getting a win in the first round. But you'd be really you'd be all over Clint Capella, 25-24 and three blocks? Uh, I mean, dude, he's legit, bro. He's, Clint Capella's great, but I would be all over the Knicks getting a win in that series. When the te- other team's <laughs> number one option is Trey Young and you got Tom Thibodeau out there to – figure out how to expose that i would be very confident in the next one right. in that series but that's that's the only team i'd be confident i gotta get in, in hold on i gotta get into i got a little smoke to get into you with the mvp for sure i know we're gonna have a disagreement on this but before we do that i gotta shout out steph curry real quick we need to talk about steph curry here as a unit real quick all right let me t- give you a couple stats here on steph curry boys i uh, made the most threes in a five game span in nba history uh he made 44 threes in a five game span that's the most in nba history He's got 20 10-plus made threes this year. Rest, No other player has five. Uh, he set the NBA record with three-pointers made in April on April 17th. So he's still got another couple weeks to go. He had 47-7-3 in a loss the other day. And Jason Tatum had 44-10 with three assists. Celtics really turning around. Uh, Duke's got to be hyped about that. Um, be interesting to see how the Celtics look come playoff time. But I'm just absolutely – I don't even know what to say about this guy, Steph Curry, because to me what I'm seeing out of him is what I'm seeing in NBA from dudes that are doing ridiculous moves, NBA 2K that is, ridiculous moves, green bar on a shot. Regardless of what I do, it doesn't matter. Like it just – you can't even defend what this man Steph Curry is doing – and he's doing it at such a clip, it's just astonishing. Rich, we're going to get into the MVP talks. I honestly would say that Steph Curry in the West would deserve MVP over Jokic if you're going to give it to somebody in the West. I do have Joel Embiid as my MVP, and we'll get into it. I got a stat for you on it. And... If we were to vote right now, if you were going to vote in a couple of weeks, if this could finish out, obviously we've seen a lot of things happen. I do think Joel Embiid should win it. and But to discount what Steph Curry's doing, even to just have the Warriors in the playoff spot, like the play-in, whatever we're calling it, I think it's 
it's not getting talked about enough because they would not be anywhere close to the play-in if Steph Curry wasn't on the team, right? I mean, he's literally so valuable yeah. to the to Warriors where I think that's where it hurts Jokic's argument because I do believe that being a one or two seed in your conference is where the MVP should be of the league. And that's part of my main point. But I do have an interesting stat for you on it, Rich. Uh, any thought on Steph Curry quick, though? Yeah, this is... I think this is like what we do to LeBron every single year, but it's even a more exemplified because LeBron's team's never down in the eight seed. It's the, like, we try and redefine what the MVP is. Like, look, if we're saying the most valuable player is take him off the team, how bad is the team? Then LeBron was the MVP for the last 10 years, and Steph Curry's the MVP this year, probably. That Warriors team might be worse than the 76ers team that won like eight eight or 12 games that year, whatever it was, if Steph Curry wasn't on the team. They are really, really bad. Yeah. But I also don't think that's a fair way to do things because if LeBron James and Steph Curry weren't on those teams, then their teams would look different. So I don't think the fair way to do it is just like, well, take them away and how bad's the team? The team's built around those guys, even if the Warriors aren't built very well right now. Yep. Um, so I would say... He's probably the guy, he's like the LeBron MVP for like the last few years. The guy where you take him away, the team's going to fall apart. But right now, you just can't be in the in the MVP hunt as an eight seed. Is, they're a nine seed right now. Yep. They're in the plan. Yep. Like, you can't be. I'm sorry. Like, even Luka's teetering that fence right now. Like, he's working his way back in, and you could make an argument for him because they're only, you know, a few games. I'm looking now. The Mavericks are still six seven games back of the four seed nuggets like i'm sorry there's we can talk about these things it's like oh it could be cool or like oh if you take those guys away the team would be so bad they would but that's just not what the mvp is like the mvp this year is going to be Jokic, Embiid, young i don't know like it's going to be someone that's a guy in a top four seed in one of the conferences and anyone under that is like congrats on your great season but that's just not how the mvp works yeah any thoughts on Steph Curry, too? What he's doing? Uh, yeah, Did you guys it, see that shot he made left-handed, yeah. like, foul? They, yeah. Like, what? It's How did he make that? I think, honestly, it's kind of like what we say about LeBron. I know I say it in baseball and these football transcendent <laughs> players. It's This is a transcendent player. This man has literally changed the way the game is played. Yeah. Way more threes have been shot because he's shown that you can be successful doing it. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things, especially when he was out last year, you kind of forget and like how great he is. Now that he's back this year and doing it, it, especially with it's, this team, it reminds me of the Davidson when yeah, he was in it's college not a, a little bit it, because it's all him. I've been able to expect. I've been able to. I've been able to like respect this dude's greatness for sure. But I'm saying right now, and, and it's maybe you're right because he wasn't there. Is, is this not dude looking like a video is, game out there? I know. Like it, he literally looks like a dude in a video game just launching threes, and they're going in every time, bro. Like he's incredible so, right I, I now. Have one point and a question. I incredible, ask dude. I have a question I want to ask both of you. So he's a two-time MVP and yeah. the only one to win a unanimous MVP. Is what he's doing now better? More I think it's or better? exactly. I think it is that's what, so. How is he not the MVP? Because, because of where he's at in the standings. So that's my thing that hurts Jokic. Matter. He he is having a better year. That was actually where I was going to go. So good good call and shoe. But yeah, he was. Um, he's having a better statistical year than his unanimous MVP. Which yeah. Like when you put it on the surface like that, it's like. Okay, so if he won a unanimous MVP and now he's doing better than that, yep. he has to be in the conversation. It's like if you want to put him in the conversation, I agree. Like, is he in the top ten? Absolutely, he's in the top ten. I just can't put someone in the top five who, in any other year besides this year, wouldn't be making the playoffs if they started. That's just not how. I'm just trying just to think of who, who, what other five guys would you put ahead of Steph Curry right now? Like, you got Jokic, you got Embiid, 
you got Giannis. Who who you got Luca above? You got Luca above Steph Curry right now. No way. I I mean I'm a Luca guy. No way. I, I need to clarify though, because this is where we're going the slippery slope of like what what are we doing? Are we ranking on like what the MVP actually is? Yes, MVP. Who is the MVP like, of the league for you? Valuable. No, yeah. I just Curry's, I just want Steph Curry's your five. Your top, top five is a nine seed, and that's right. the only reason. It sounds like a lazy argument. Like, oh, it's just because of his seeding. Like, yeah, that's how it works. You can't right. get a top. You can't be an MVP as a nine seed. All right, that's fine. Uh, but, but he's been absolutely incredible. He has. It, it's, it's such it's, a it, warriors just suck <laughs> it's such a slippery slope with it because the mvp and you factor record into it i know it's important but i think of baseball specifically you got a guy like mike trout three-time mvp he's only made the playoffs once you had bryce harper win a unanimous almost unanimous mvp at age 22 uh they didn't make the playoffs that year in 2015 i know it's different for each sport and whatnot but yeah i feel like you do need to factor in the talent and how valuable he really is and i certainly think He's a uh, top four, maybe even top three MVP right now. Um, and I think if I know we're going to about to get into this yeah. right now, so I'll just give my piece on it now. Um, obviously, what Jokic is doing is incredible, but I feel like they're going to end up going with the more sexy pick with what Embiid's been doing this season. And since he came back from his injury, if he keeps that up, I feel like there's just no way yep. he's not going to get it. He's more of a he's more marketable. He's definitely more popular it's i feel like it's just going to end up going to him because that's what we kind of see in the nba um mvp so rich he's missed 18 games as joel Embiid. we haven't seen a guy win mvp missing that many games since luke walton and it's like 1975 it's been a long time bill walton not luke whatever yeah luke walton's an idiot he sucks at coaching yeah good point uh way to correct me on that one uh but i do think rich uh with him coming back from injury and not sitting out back to backs uh is helping his case like he's not load managing at all like he's only sat out games in which he's been injured um so i do think that helps i do also think that he is a better defender than jokic which i think helps his case what he's doing on the defensive side of the ball is incredible right now and he is owning the offensive side of the ball in games he's playing literally dominating games uh doing the same thing same numbers as jokic so for me, the only way he's not is because he hasn't played as many games. But I'd say he didn't play those games because he was hurt. So the conference winner in terms of where you're at and ranked, first in the East, if they can be first in the East, I do think Joel Embiid is MVP with based on what he was doing before he went out with injury and then coming back and just not even missing a beat right where he stepped in, right where he left off, and continuing not sitting out games, playing every night, and dominating games. I will give you this stat as to why I think Jokic is not the MVP of the league. Take a listen to this, Rich. There are seven players in NBA history who have averaged 20 points per game, 10 rebounds a game, and shot 40% from three-point in a season. Four of them have done it this season. Nikola Jokic, Julius Randle, Nikola Vucevic, Carl Anthony Towns. If I'm reading that stat, I would make an argument that Julius Randle is doing something that Jokic is doing, which is putting his team in a spot to perform in the playoffs. The Knicks were at the four seed at some point in the East. I know they're not there right now, but I do think that putting Jokic as an MVP, not as a 1-2-3 seed in the conference, is just disrespectful to what Joel Embiid's doing. Donovan Mitchell, I get it went down. 
I think Clippers have a case with some of their guys. Kawhi Leonard has missed a lot of games, but I think PG is balling out. I think it's just tough to put Jokic, even with his stats, based on eye test, above some of these guys, based on where they're at in the standings, particularly the fact that he's in a same group, in a stat, seven players with Julius Randle. I think there's something to be said about that. I really do. I think Julius Randle is a better defender than Jokic. I think Jokic is a weak defender, and I think that hurts his MVP case. We'll see how they do over the last 10-15 games left in the NBA without Jamal Murray, I mind you, and where that has them in the standings, where that has Jokic in this race with all these guys obviously playing 15 games as well. I don't think he wins MVP. Okay, so I'll start this by saying, as we said in the last topic, if they go to like a six seed or lower, then they're not going to win MVP. But I'm then he's not going to win MVP, being Jokic. I'm going to assume that doesn't happen. They're at a four seed right now. Yep. I expect them to be fine for the rest of the regular season. Yep. So I'll start by asking you this. Do you think how, how close, being unbiased, you can both answer, how close do you think it is? Do you think it's close? Do you think these next few games could swing it? Or in your head is like Embiid's the MVP? Let me tell you something. I heard Tim Legler say this the other day, and I actually agreed with this. I thought that Joel Embiid was clear front runner before he went out. And even missing... However, I think he's missed like 10 games. When he got back on the court, that first game he played, I go, yeah, this dude's the MVP. I don't care he missed 10 games. <laughs> I honestly think, no, I swear to God, and Legler said it and it sounded weird. He's like, dude, I got Embiid okay, way stop. above Jokic. I do. I think I think it's not crazy to say that Embiid has been way more dominant than Jokic this year. Both definitely close in terms of what they're doing for their teams, but Jokic has been unreal, okay. uh, or unreal that, not even close, Embiid. That's not what I'm asking. Do you think these next few games could change who is the MVP or just in your mind it's it's over? No matter how they play, Embiid's the MVP right now. Or Embiid's going to be the MVP. I think, yeah. No, I think I think if just the season's played out right here, both of them play the games, Embiid, nothing can change. I think Embiid's the MVP. Uh, I view that a little bit differently because there's that 10-game sample size. It's a 72-game season. He missed one-seventh of the season. He needs to continue doing what he's done since he's got back in this. If he slows down a little bit and Jokic keeps doing what he's doing, those cumulative numbers and where they are in the standings in the West, it might add a little bit more of an impact towards him. So, yes, Rich, I do think it's close. It's not over yet. So, the reason I ask that is, I mean, Seg, I just flat out couldn't disagree with you more on this one. I think I think you're doing a little too much of the eye test, and I think anyone who does Embiid is doing too much of the eye test. And, like, Embiid is always going to look more dominant than Jokic if you are watching the two of them play, and Embiid is absolutely a better defensive player. The problem, Jokic has played 63% more minutes than Embiid this year. That means in order for Embiid to be a more valuable player than him, he would have to be more than one and a half times better than Jokic. Just going by, like, he missed it 66% more time that Jokic has played, he's been off the court. So to me, that means he would have to be one and a half times better than Jokic to make up for all the time he missed on the court. I just, I can't call someone the MVP like that. And I will agree, before he went down, I probably had him as the MVP. We went over this a bunch of times. It was LeBron and B, LeBron yep, and yep, B, yep. Jokic underneath, Lillard somewhere in there. Yep. I just, I can't do it now. Jokic has played 56 games. His played almost 2,000 minutes after after his next game he will have played 2,000 minutes. Embiid has played 38 games and has played 1,200 minutes. That's 66% less minutes. In this short of a season like 
I just think it's going too much on eye test to say Embiid's MVP. Like the stats are great. Let me ask. Let me go, just ask you one. Yeah, hold on. Let me just. I get it. That game. makes sense that's to me. But let me. Game. That's fine. Let me just ask you one question now, because you you're an NBA guy. If you've watched plenty of NBA, just looking at Joel Embiid prior to this season, is he not a different guy for you this year? It, does he not have a little bit different look? Not only offensively, but just the way he's playing on the defensive side of the ball, the way he's not sitting out games, eating hot dogs on the sidelines, he looks like a different dude. Like, I think Joel Embiid took this offseason, whatever he did, and came in like a different dude. And I think we're just putting Joel Embiid up to what we had him as before. I, I have him as a totally different player right now what than what putting, Joel Embiid what was. What I'm putting Joel Embiid up against is the other players this season, and that is it. I yep. don't really care what Joel Embiid did last season because it's the MVP for this season. Like, I agree with you. Yeah. I think he looks better. I think he's coming on a different level. A lot of guys have. Julius Randle, but, like, in the Julius Randle case, like, Julius Randle has been amazing. And I can't call Julius Randle the MVP. That's why they have the most improved player of the year award because yep. he's yep. been, like, that most improved guy. Like, I'm not going to take into account what they did in last year's playoffs or last year's season like at the end of the day like i'm not trying to give a lazy argument but to me it's really a simple and i compared it in our group chat to tom brady and i think it's a really good comparison people were saying when tom brady got suspended the four games i remember max kellerman saying this on first take the start of his first take when people were trying to say brady was the mvp it's like do you know how insane you guys sound like has tom brady been 25 percent better than matt ryan and all these guys that were in the mvp hunt because like no he hasn't he's been like similar to them and we want to give him the mvp because he's looked so great great recently but like when you take away 25 percent of the season that he missed and in this case 66 percent of the minutes that Jokic played that Embiid didn't play it's just, to me it's kind of like i mean come on like what I you know like what i you know what i really am gonna do you know what i really am gonna do rich i'm gonna go look up that season of bill wallen in which he won the mvp missing 20-something games, and I'm going to look up what other players were doing in the league, and I want to see how similar the numbers were. I want to see if this dude Bill Walton was just unbelievable over everyone else that missed, or if the numbers are compared. I just need to know. I need to know. Before we even look up the numbers, I'm going to get into it, of course, but um, back in the 70s and earlier in the league, the big man ran the league back then. So even if he was out, he was the most dominant big man when he was playing. You look throughout the 70s, the MVPs, I think for the majority of them, are all big dudes. You know, you had Bill Walton, Kareem won a bunch. You have Magic. No, Magic was 80s, obviously. But he was a point guard, but he was a 6'10 point guard. He's kind of a, a freak and stuff, too. You had, um, was it Frazier for the Knicks? Yeah. Walt Frazier won one. So I know that's pretty interesting. Let me just find these stats when he won the MVP. Rich. If if in, if Embiid played every single, I'm looking at it right now. If Embiid played every single game the rest of the season, yep. Which like I'd imagine he sits out one or two. That would be 54 out of 72 games. That's ex- wow. That's exactly the same as the Tom Brady. That's exactly 75 percent of the game. So it's missing. It's missing 25 percent of the season. That's like such a huge chunk of the season. And the counter argument to this that I didn't even bring up. Their last eight games without him, they went seven and one. Now I'm not trying to say they're a better team without Embiid. I know they had some losses earlier in the year without him, but yep. like when you miss a bunch of games and your team's a one seed, and in the games you miss, your team loses one in an eight game stretch, loses one game. It's kind of like I'm not trying to. I, I feel like it's a lazy argument to use that to knock his case, but like when we're saying he's the MVP in the games he played, and then in the games he's missing, his team doesn't even skip a beat. Like. I, I just think there's so many things on Jokic's side where we're doing almost like gymnastics to not give it to Jokic at this point. Yeah, I mean, I just think, like, for me it was, 
I think the team recognized the fact that if we can maybe stay up one seed, uh, top of the East, like it gives our guy a chance to win the MVP. Um, you know, you don't want to see them going on a, you don't want to see any team going on a, you know, two, three, four game losing streak. I mean, they're just trying to win games. They're just trying to do anything they can. You can't knock yeah. them for winning games while the man was out. Uh, I'm not knocking them for winning games. I'm just saying it hurts his MVP odds a little bit when we're saying you're the most valuable and your team doesn't skip a beat without you. And fine. you're already missing 25% of the season. I I just uh, think it's a tough argument for him. I, Again, okay, I'm let me just ask points. you real quick because Chewie's got something he needs to say. It, does it hurt Jokic if the team skips a beat with Jamal Murray now being out? Well, they can't afford to skip a beat because if they end up down five or six, he's probably not going to get it. Like, I, I don't know where the the line is. Like, Russell Westbrook got it as a six seed, but that was like a historic triple-double season. I don't know where the line is, but to me, if Jokic is at a six seed, that's the point where it's like, uh, you're probably going to lose it. You got. I think he's got to stay a top-four seed to like really for have me be like, he's 100% the MVP, he's got to stay a top-four seed. If they fall into five or six, it, it gets more interesting because he's not a top seed. Boys, we got to get into this because this is incredible. The 1978 season, how it ended, all this. So so Bill Walton won the MVP, putting up 19 points per game, 13 rebounds per game, five assists, one steal, two and a half blocks. Obviously fantastic numbers. He did not play 82 games. He only played, where is his games? 58 compared to George Gervin at 82. David Thompson, who finished third, had 80. And Kareem played in 62. Kareem actually put up better numbers than Bill Walton. He put up 26 per game. 13 rebounds as well, 4.3 assists, almost two steals and three blocks. But the cool little nugget I have here is George Gervin and David Thompson both finished the season at 27.2 points per game. This is that amazing story where uh, David Thompson was leading the scoring uh, title. He dropped 73. Yeah. 73 points in the last game of the season. It's all great. I got it locked up. What does George Gervin do? They feed him the ball. Oh, I he dropped that. 63 points. He beat him by one I remember that. tenth. Of a point to get the scoring. I remember title. that. Or, sorry, sorry. One hundred yeah. of a point to get the scoring title. They both and neither of them got MVP. Two. Bill Walton did. Who missed that many games? And Bill Walton. Also hey, Rich. We're gonna have a 1978 eight, season. Joel Embiid's winning MVP. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. Put mad money on it now. Mad money on it now. Uh, I I will I will put a bet on it with you. We can. It doesn't have to be big. Yeah, let's do it. One. Yeah, actually, let's do it. I'm definitely. I would like to do that. Uh, let's. We'll we'll talk about it off the air for sure. We'll do a little all something. Right. Uh, all right. Before I let you go and uh, wrap it up here, I just got a couple more quick things to get in. Uh, so MJ will present Kobe at the NBA Hall of Fame enshrinement on May 15th. I saw that this past week. Um. That's going to be incredible. So May 15th, y'all better buckle up and check out the enshrinement of Kobe Bryant in the Basketball Hall of Fame done by Michael Jordan. That's going to be unreal. Uh, Just need to throw that in so you guys mark that down in your calendars. Um, Rich, I asked you last time you were here. Here's a funny one for you. So remember the OnlyFans teacher that got fired because one of her students subscribed to his page page that I asked you about? Uh, So, yeah, of course, we probably all want a teacher that's – has an OnlyFans, or at least I do. I mean, if you don't, that's cool, too. Um, Depends how your teacher looks. Yeah. Uh, I saw uh, a nurse got fired after OnlyFans video of COVID-19 patient with, uh, with a COVID-19 patient went viral. So I just want to ask you, boys, like, are you going to be upset if you get – I know we're not in school anymore, but God forbid you decide to go back <laughs> to school, go for it. Um, you know, if you're at the doctor, man, you got something wrong with you, and, and your, your nurse says she's got OnlyFans, she wants – 
like clearly Richard's out on this. So I'm not, but like the the whole well, point, the whole point is like, uh, wh- why? What wh- what is the what is the knock here? Why are you upset with? I get the I get the places needing to fire the person, but from the person, like how is this? I don't understand how this is going out. Like, do you guys get what I'm saying? Like, no, just but. I'll say this. If I went to the doctors and my doc, female doctor had an OnlyFans, I'd be like, all right, this is a little weird. I don't know why you need this extra money. I'd prefer a doctor that's a doctor. If I was in a student in high school and my nurse had an OnlyFans, like, yeah, that'd be that'd be dope. Word. Yeah. I don't know totally what you were asking with the question overall. But... <laughs> <laughs> all I got to say is if you get lucky enough to arrive in a situation like that, why are you just spreading the news? Because you're going to ruin it. You see it time and time again. Keep that under wraps. That's what I was what saying, man. That's what I was saying, man. But it's the ideology of a secret, bro. Also, Nobody can keep a secret. Yep. But also, I mean, on the flip side, obviously, professionalism, <sighs> like that whole nurse thing, obviously, that's not cool and whatnot. I mean, it is cool, but it's not cool. Dude, professionalism, my ass. Like, if I was yeah. going in to get tested for COVID-19 and the nurse said, yo, I got an OnlyFans, you want to get on it? I would certainly do so, and I would certainly not make it go viral, because I don't want the girl losing her job over say, it. Like, damn, brother. Be, my first question would be like, wait, have you been banging everyone that walks in here with COVID? Because that's wild. <laughs> well, it did say in the actual... Hold on, hold on. It did say It did say in the actual post to clear that up that she did test the patient and he tested negative before hooking up with him. So just want to confirm that. Um, you know, we covered a lot in the NBA, Rich, and I saw a weird transition here. But the NBA fined the San Antonio Spurs for 25000 for violating league player resting policy. I also, I also policy. saw that they did the same thing with the Raptors, failing to comply with the league policy governing player rest and injury reporting, fining them $25,000. Rich, we talked about this, you know, condensed NBA schedule plenty of times. We talked about the loge management in the NBA, but why are they fining teams right now when you got Donovan Mitchell going down? You got injuries all over the board, and what? Because they're not following the rule. I, I just don't get this. Oh no, it's it's a real thing. It needs to be done. Like they need to do something more serious than finding teams. Like we t- we talked about it a little bit on the last podcast, but like it's not a thing in other sports. Like baseball, you have the starting lineups out an hour before the game or a half hour before the game, whatever it is. There's no like, oh, basketball. It's like this guy's a game time decision but he was actually ruled to probable he's actually yeah. testing it out right now and he has a stomach bug like shut the fuck up you yeah you know did t- he's gonna play <laughs> nba teams do this every single day football you have your rosters out an hour hour before basketball is and it's really only a thing i feel like ridiculous complaining about it because it sounds stupid when people complain about things i look at for like DraftKings and stuff because it really does mainly affect like sports betters whether it's like gambling DraftKings, whatever you're doing yeah it affects sports betters but it also affects fans, too, that are like, you literally don't know an hour before who's going to be at the game. A season ticket holder, you're trying to decide what game to go to. People betting on the game. Like, it affects a lot of things that do directly result in revenue for the league. And other sports leagues don't have an issue with it. And the NBA is really bad. Like, the Clippers, I don't know what these teams are doing fine. Find the Clippers. Take all of the Clippers' money. The Clippers are a 10-30 game every night. And they'll be like, oh, Paul George is out tonight. Kawhi's in. And then at 10-40, after the game's already locked, they'll be like, Actually, we're going to flip-flop that. Paul George is out and Kawhi's it. And it's like, I don't understand how you do that. Like, you just tell people who you're going to play an hour before the game. Rich is You know who you're going to play. Rich is heated. He's a a gambling degenerate, though, when it comes to the NBA. Uh, (laughs) uh, Just real quick, too, before you go, and then I got this 
This last quick thing for you guys, I need a quick comment on because I saw uh, Colin say this, and I just need to hear what you guys think about it. You guys pumped for uh, Dwayne Wade, uh, part ownership in the Jazz. Uh, I saw that story this past week. Yeah. Uh, that's incredible. Uh, I see him getting heat. Or er, Literally, I see him getting heat for not being a member of the ownership with the heat. And it's like, bro, what the? The dude's going to take the opportunity he gets. Just be happy for the man. A former elite, he's all-time when the Heat organization, obviously Dwayne Wade, Alonzo Mourning probably. Obviously LeBron played there, but I think it's Dwayne Wade, Alonzo Mourning when you think of the Heat. Uh, yeah, of course the Heat would probably want him as an ownership. But the man wants an opportunity to do something, and he got one. I think any slander towards it is ridiculous. I'm, I'm hyped to see Dwayne Wade in ownership with the Utah Jazz, and I think that'll be good for the Utah Jazz. Yeah, the way I look at it is... Um... I know that the owner of the Heat said he was a little disappointed because obviously he wanted to make Dwayne Wade a part of the family even more so than what he's done throughout his career. But also, you got to look at it from Wade's perspective and you get this opportunity and it's a business move, you know? He's not a basketball player anymore. His life's still going on. He's still gotta, he still doesn't have to work but wants to work, you know? Get involved, obviously. You're seeing a lot more, you know, MJ buying team, LeBron talking about wanting to buy a team eventually. So I think it's great, honestly, to get guys who, you know, have dominated this league, are great guys, to actually buy in and try to become an owner, I think it's fantastic, really. You know, I wish I wish nothing but the best. Rich, you hyped for Dwayne Wade? Jazz, but you know, I guess you take what you can get. What's good? Yeah. No, I think it's I think it's cool. I think usually it's not too big of a deal when any celebrity or athletes do part ownership in a team, like the Jay Zs or like the A Rods. Like usually it's it's a bigger media deal at the time and not much of a thing in the future because they're a very minimal part of the team. But I think this is a little bigger than that because Dwayne Wade's someone where. Obviously, had a very successful basketball career, I'd imagine. Like Chewie said, he's definitely doing it as business interest, but I'd imagine this is also more than business interest to him. Like, he probably wants to, like, you know. Still want to be around the game and involved. He wants to be around basketball. Like, he didn't want to do it. I'd imagine he preferred this over, like, an MLB or NFL or anything else. So, I'd bet he wants to be involved a little and help out with something. So, I think it's, I don't think it's, like, a game changer or anything, but I think it's a nice drawing point, especially to a team that's, has a tough time getting free agents. Now, I don't think free agents are going to go to the Utah Jazz just because Dwayne Wade's there, but there's a very real thing about what your pitch is to free agents. Like, a lot of NBA books have said, like, no one beats Pat Riley's free agency. Like, Gordon Hayward was done going to Boston, wasn't even going to look at any other teams, and almost left Boston and his old coach, Brad Stevens, because, like, Pat Riley's pitch blew him away. LeBron got blown away by Pat Riley's pitch. So it matters to have, like, important people, have your – uh, championship rings, your kind of pedigree in the room when you're pitching stuff. And to be able to throw Dwayne Wade in a free agency pitch is like, yeah, you're not going to pull in like the best players in the league in Utah, but it matters for some of those guys who are on the fence about where they're signing having someone in Dwayne Wade there being like, look, I'm, I got some of this stuff under control. So I think it's good for him. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you see, I think of like some guys like Chris Paul, I see him being a fantastic coach in the future. Some guys you mm-hmm. see like, oh, they're going to be a great coach. Dwayne Wade, I don't, I never really saw that with him, but seeing him buy into the ownership and kind of, you know, his publicity and all that, I think it's going to be great. Everything you mentioned with the pitch and stuff like that, and he's a champion. He's a yep. three-time champion. Yep. The Utah Jazz have never won a championship, so you bring someone in who actually, you yeah, know, agreed. at least on the court, knew what he was doing, but you, it's very similar kind of, it's different, but like when the Bucks bring in a champion, Tom Brady, and kind of you, everyone tries to up their game after it or you know people are interested in going there afterwards because it's like oh someone there obviously Dwayne's not playing and stuff too but it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out yeah all right boys so I saw just real quick I got the Alabama spring game I don't know if you guys saw this it's offense versus defense of Alabama college football 
Probably the best college matchup of the year. 45,000 fans in the stands. Largest capacity of a sporting event since the pandemic began. For a spring football game, offense versus defense. That's I saw that, and I think that's stupid. I saw this, and I think this is not talked about enough right now uh, with what was announced. I don't know if you guys saw this or not, uh, but 12 of the top... Or twelve, yeah, twelve of the top Euro soccer teams are talking about potentially breaking off and creating a super league. Uh, yeah, I think this is a big deal, not only for obviously soccer, but I think the NCA looks at something like this and cringes. I think, and I heard, I heard Colin Cohort say this today, and I need to say this on my pod. I need to get your guys' reaction. Colin Cohort looked the camera in the face. Instead, if you went across every professional sporting league and took out the bottom seven teams, the sport would be better. The sport would be better. Bottom I mean, seven teams in each league. So you're talking this is the opposite. Jags, all this. You're talking. You're talking. The opposite. Though. That's the opposite. But like, I that's, couldn't agree. I couldn't disagree with that statement more because now you're talking. Like, why would you do such a thing? And that's, but that's like saying the competition will obviously be better if you have better teams playing. But is the sport better if there's one third less games because there aren't as many teams? Probably not. I like, completely agree. There's two sides to that. <laughs> I completely agree. And I think like, with how about, like what if sports were like the WNBA where there's only sixteen teams, so like every there's only four twelve. Games, you're just re, you're just re, twelve teams. So, yeah. So every four other game, you're like replaying a team. Like that's just not as fun to watch. Like you, I well, agree. Four teams is better. Boys, this is something actually because I was watching on this and kind of looking, uh, you know, watching Sports Center and kind of figuring out what was going on with this. Yeah, this is actually this is kind of a, I I don't know how I feel about this because you have the twelve really good teams trying to form a super league. Yeah, but all of soccer is run by FIFA, the Federal International yep. Football Association, and they came out and said this morning, if you want to do that, that's fine. But guess what? We run everything else. So you guys can't play in World Cups. You can't play in um, the Olympics. You can't do wow. any of that. And on top of it, they're trying to take the 12 best teams. So all those plus so, players. So Barcelona, yeah. no Lionel I saw Messi. Real Madrid. Juventus, yeah. no, no Cristiano I saw Ronaldo. Tottenham, Bayern, Mu- Bayern Man Munich. Man City, yep. Man United. All these great oh, teams. Oh, yeah, yeah, bro. So, you're talking all the so best when players you, in the world. Boys, let's be honest. Like when, you, when the World Cup is on, I know I played soccer. Rich played soccer. I thoroughly enjoy watching the World yeah. Cup. And to watch it without these superstars. Wouldn't it make like, sense. It wouldn't make sense. And to be honest, like, LeBron's unbelievably huge. You know, all these guys are huge. Do you know how much bigger... You can't be like mad at FIFA Cristiano for doing that. You cannot be mad Messi at FIFA is. for doing that, though. Like, I guarantee you if the NCAA broke off into the start of their old league, they'd be saying, you can't play in the March Madness tournament. You're going to have to have your own tournament. Right? You break yeah, yeah. off. And it's probably sure. something the NCAA has probably thought about plenty of times. But it makes sense. Uh, I'd be interested to see if they out, actually you're do taking that. money out of their pocket. Yeah. They're going to take money out of your pocket. It's as simple as that. Yeah, yeah. I'm interested. To, I'm very interested to see how this plays out. Yep. I'm also very interested to see how this verdict plays out for sports as well. Uh, really hoping, as we covered it before you got here, Rich, that it's just they do what they're supposed to do here, which is punish the person for doing something like that, and we can move forward with everything, hopefully, and get yeah. better. Uh, We'll we'll have to just wait and see though. I really would hate to see postponement of games again and and whatever it is. But whatever's got to be done to to get the right message across. I, I'm not going to argue that. I think the important that. thing, like yes, if the games gets postponed, it is what it is. Like oh, you don't get to watch. But the important thing is, I hope that the right decision is made in this case because yeah. that's the important thing that change will actually start. Hopefully. Rich, I, I think this is I think this is right. Before you go, 
Apparently, the record uh, for 30-point games straight is 11 games done by Kobe Bryant. I'm going to have to check this up, but I'm pretty sure my sources have this right. 2007, I'd imagine. Steph Curry has 10 straight 30-point games going for 11 tonight. Tie Kobe Bryant's record. You got him doing that? I mean, he's been balling out. Uh, He's got a little bit of a banged-up ankle right now. Questionable. I think he's questionable. Yeah, he banged up his ankle. Uh, I think he gets it if he plays, though, no doubt about it. Dude's been Who else unconscious, uh, and they need yes. him to play if they're making the play, and I think he plays. Uh, I think he's making a valid point to be in that top five MVP conversation. I think Steve Kerr's going to milk it. He's going to sit out this game, but that's not going to affect the record. Next time he comes back, he's dropping 30. Oh, that would be... That would absolutely be the right move because they're playing yep. the Sixers tonight. Rest them tonight. Say, ah, I don't know about tonight. They go against the Wizards the next game. Then you'd be like, yeah, go out there and put up your 30 tonight. You know what? Put up 60. The Wizards, double down for the, the game Wizards, you missed. I'm rooting for them to come back in the play-in, but their defense is putrid. All right. Well, I just want you to stop throwing any hate at my guy, Russ. I think the Wizards I make the play-in. I did not say anything And about if they Russ. do make the play-in, it's strictly because of that backcourt. All right. Uh, yeah. Much love, Rich. Thanks for coming through. Uh, hopefully we'll catch up for soon. Sure. I'll be on the sticks soon, hopefully. I'll be on later, probably after dinner. So hopefully I'll catch you. Word, I'll be on tonight. All right, peace, peace kids. Adios, brother. Much love. Later, Smats. Smats, just before you go, brother. Yep. On and the way birthdays, out. birthdays, of yep. course. You can get through after the birthdays that. real quick. You want to go birthdays now? Yeah, go for them. All I just right. wanted to ask you, because I, I know we don't have much time left, but this is a little bit crazy for me, these uh, over-under win totals. I need to get into a couple of these. Yeah, right? we'll do them real quick. Let me just look. We got some good birthdays. I do remember Crush this from off. the podcast last year. So oh, we did a 419 and not I a 420? So. I think oh. so. All right, so first one Shout on the board is uh, Frank Viola, a, f- a former Cy Young winner for the Twins, also pitched for the Mets, was very good. And also, cool little nugget about him. Yep. When Jacob deGrom came up, he came up originally as a bull, uh, spot starter, was going to go to the bullpen. Frank Viola said, we had Noah Syndergaard, Zach Wheeler, Matt Harvey, Stephen Matz, Jacob deGrom. He said, this guy's going to be the best. And people kind of looked at him like, oh, that's kind of weird. This guy was a shortstop a few years ago. And yep. sure enough, a few years later, he's not only the best out of those five, he's the best in the whole league. So it's great to see. Um, Al Unser Jr. was a two-time Indianapolis 500 winner in 1992 and 1994. Let me see here. Your name is Al Chris Jr. Let me see. We got some more down towards the bottom here. Troy Palomalu, Hall of Fame Ooh. safety. Zach Duke, who is a pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds. Joe Maurer, unbelievable catcher for the nice. Minnesota Twins. Cool thing about him was he grew up in Minnesota. They ended up having the first overall draft pick. And they picked him, and I believe he only struck out once or twice in his high school career, which is just unbelievable to think about. Damn. And then um, a name, she just switched, uh, she played, I forget how many years, maybe 10 or so uh, with the Los Angeles Sparks, but she decided to go play for Chicago in her hometown this year, and that is Candace Parker. Hey, I love Candace. Yeah, on she's the, a beast. Uh, I remember her dunking crew? at Tennessee. Yeah, the yeah, countdown awesome. crew, she's really good, too. Yep. And then... Another good one here. I believe she just retired recently. Fantastic Russian tennis player, Maria Sharapova. Oh, yeah. And then also, English goalkeeper. He played for Man City for 266 games. Joe Hart. Elite. Yep. 
So it's a good. And also you this past week, my man. Much love to you. Your birthday. You know what? Not so much Uh, me, but how about I want to give a special shout out to little Maverick Sturman, born on uh, April April twelfth. Yep. Yep. So April six. Almost good. Born on the same day as you. That would be fired about it. Yep. He has the same middle name as me, Wyand, which is my grandmother's maiden name. We got another MWS in the family. Great news, brother. Static about it. I met him for the first time yesterday at work. I had to run out and do some things when we saw him for. Like a minute or two, unfortunately, but I was able to tell him he's a little champion, pinch his toes, and, uh, you know, there's a special little love that I didn't think I would have even just seeing him for the first time. That's so. incredible, brother. Happy Absolutely. birthday to you, Maverick, Thank joining you. the world, and I'm real happy for you, your brother, and the rest of your family, my guy. Thank you. I care. We do care. <laughs> I care. I care those. For ones those. we care. Hey, so, before we go, though, mm-hmm. I saw this. Um, I got into this with my brother this morning, brother. I'm like, yo, Giants at over under seven win total this year is disrespectful. Like, we won six games last year. If we don't win more than seven games this year, you need to find me out back by the sandbox, brother. Because Daniel Jones, he'll be gonzo if we can't win more than seven games this year. And right alongside of them Giants are them Broncos at 7.5. That's wild to me. I know they play in a tough division. I know Drew Locke has a lot of question marks, and I know the draft is 10 days away. There's still stuff to be seen play out this offseason, man. Mm-hmm. These over-under win totals coming out this early, and everyone kind of have something to say about over-under win totals in the NFL, given some stuff to talk about in the NFL. Kind of goes back to my whole thing about why I've enjoyed doing a podcast, because I can do a podcast and talk something about the NFL, and but I don't need to do an hour podcast and talk only NFL. There's plenty of other sports that go on. There's plenty of other things that happen in sports. And I think it's just becoming a little bit oversaturated, the amount of people that are talking about the NFL and all the things that go along with it. But clearly, it's the most popular sport in this country, right? Everyone says it. Ratings are up. Everything with the NFL in terms of every other sport. And realistically, when we talked about the soccer story for England, basically it's the same thing for any story in America for the NFL. And it gets covered like that. Um, I do think it's talked about a little bit too much. And I do think talking about whether the Giants are going to get over under seven wins, uh, whether the Broncos are going to get over under seven wins on April 19th, it's probably a little bit too early to do so. Just a little bit. But I would argue that if the Broncos don't win more than seven and a half games, so let's put it at eight. eight yep. If the Giants can't win more than seven games... You and me are definitely going to have some problems after what's been happening. Uh, just in terms of how we've been feeling about our teams, I, I think dr- dramatically low on uh, what our teams have done this offseason and, and what we're looking to do going forward. I believe I'll take the over in both of those. I think I'm going to take the over too, but I'm more confident in the Giants over, to be honest, just because they play in a weaker division. They showed that they're building a great culture there. Denver still has some question marks. I'm very excited to see what they can do. They've kind of revamped the defense a little bit. Yep. It's a big year for Drew Locke, like we've talked about. Who knows if they're going to trade up, take a quarterback. I think that's the wrong decision, but, you know, there's a lot of stuff to be talked about. Um, but it with them in that division, you have these, you have the Raiders are always tough. They play the Broncos tough. Obviously, the Chiefs are fantastic yeah. and favorites. And then also Justin Herbert and those Chargers, uh, maybe they could turn some heads too. So it's going to be tough, I think, for Denver. But I would love to see them get at least eight, nine wins. I'm year. looking forward to coming back in and, and putting my predictions on some of these over-under totals. Because they are interesting. Uh, it makes it fun yeah, doing some predictions sometimes. Yeah, of course too, they are. So. But I think initial ones to put a little... 
bold take on some of them would be dope and i'll probably do that next time that's all i had for today much love for you coming through chew uh, i'm glad we got to catch up in the sports world absolutely glad brother. i got to see you for a little bit today much nicer out mm -hmm. uh, glad you got to see cali and glad everything's going well hope things get going well for you back as your journey for a new season at work is probably ramping up here i think probably this week and then Hopefully we can catch up soon, watch that baseball, enjoy them sports, and keep working out. I Absolutely. see you looking a little bit different here. Hey, thanks, brother. Structural-wise, so yep. I'm pumped for you, bro. Hey, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I just wanted to, uh, if you're still listening, Lobster Landing is open. We open Thursday. We're open right now, Wednesday through Sunday, so come on down, get a great lobster roll. I hooked my trainer up with some lobster meat. You open this me, Wednesday? Uh, yeah, we'll be open this Wednesday. I'm off. Come All right, let's go. Let's do it. I gave my trainer a little bit of lobster meat yesterday, and uh, when I saw him today, he said it's the best he's probably ever had, so... You know, take it as you will. If you want to come down and visit me, I'd be more than happy to chat with people for a while. No doubt about it. Bocce's Lobster Joint has the best lobster in the state, state of Connecticut, Lobby Landing. Don't miss out on the best lobster roll in the state. That's mm -hmm. all I have for the airwaves today. Appreciate all listening as always. And as always, still have no shame what I had to say. Just a man with a nickname. Until next time, everybody, peace and love. Stay safe out there. Enjoy them sports. You're listening to Seggy Station. Take care, people. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Deuces.